since I've been, when I was doing community activism, I've been on television a few times uh, being asked questions about a community issue. And knowing me when I was younger and coming up, I was very introverted. But when it came to doing community work and advocating for other people, I spoke up. And that was, that's where I got my strength from, is knowing I was advocating for someone who couldn't do it for themselves. Hello and welcome to the Lori's Hands Community Voices series. I'm your host, Jennifer McCord. This season, we're hearing from clients of Lori's Hands' newest chapter in Baltimore, Maryland. Each week, we hear from a different client about their life, their stories, and their community. This week, you'll meet Vernell Murray. I interviewed Vernell with the help of Emily Clausen, a social work student at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County, or UMBC. Vernell is an incredibly accomplished community activist. I think in general, she has a very charismatic personality, you know what I mean? She just seems like a a fun person to be around. You know, she's warm, she's funny, you know, she's a great storyteller. And uh, pursuing going into a similar field, you know, social work and advocacy and things like that, it really felt inspiring to me to hear her story and what she's done with her life, it kind of just reinvigorates my motivation for doing this. Obviously, she seems like she's been very successful in her life and, you know, really helped a lot of people. The way she speaks about it feels so matter-of-fact to me, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like there was just never any question about it. Like, she just, she knew this is what she wanted to do and she did it, and <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Enjoy. Good morning. My name is Vernell Murray. Um, my maiden name is Dance, and I am 70 years old. What I've always known, I have survival skills. I mean, I have obstacles. I had barriers all through my, my life. I'm a survivor of the foster care system, number one. I went in foster care at the age of seven. I ran away at the age of uh, 14. And I've been on my own ever since, you know. Uh, I put myself through school and college. And I've been a community activist 30-plus years. So I've um, witnessed a lot of things, you know, that other people have gone through. And I've always been that type of person to advocate for other people. So when I got started getting sick, I had to learn to advocate for myself. So circumstances, experiences... If you don't adapt to them and accept them and know how to manage them, then they're going to manage you. I've never been a person to like to be managed. (laughs) Um, Teamwork is is more my thing. So, And advocating and and delegating, those are the type of words I will use as a leader. Vernell says she can map these leadership skills back to her time in foster care. I was in four different homes before the age of 14. And I think everything I learned from each one played a major part in who I am today and the things that I I put into my life. I knew I had to make my own money, so I did little chores and stuff. And, you know, I asked people, I said, look, if you want me to do this for you, you can pay me this and I'll get it done. First foster home I was in, 
I told the foster mother, I said, because uh, we already had a chores and everything. I said, well, and she was very mean. She was a mean person. I said, um, if I straighten up the, the silverware drawer and if you give me a dollar and 50, I'll do a real good job. <laughs> so, and and she did. She gave me some change, but she was just a, a mean person. And then um, I wanted some tap shoes because, you know, for some reason, I, I just like the sound of tap shoes. <laughs> So I had to I had to earn the money to get some tap shoes and stuff. So I would do chores and stuff and run errands. So I learned at an early age that you know how to barter, and I strive to be independent at an early age because my mother wasn't there and I had this anger inside of me and didn't know what to do with it. So in my own quiet way, I was a a rebel. Uh, growing up in foster care, and it's just like. You try to gravitate towards something, and there there's just wasn't anybody or anything for me to gravitate towards. So whatever kind of strength I had, I had to find it within, within myself. And that's the only thing I had to, to go on is just uh, the inner strength that was uh, within me. The other thing Vernell says she drew strength from was her creativity. My writing took me other places. My reading took me other places other than where I was at. I always liked the Wild Wild West, so I thought I was uh, Annie Oakley. <laughs> I could have been a madam in a saloon, but a long time ago, I just uh, let my imagination just just run or my feelings, whatever I was feeling, I trying to relate it in a story like that. I mean, it just helped keep me alive. Vernell also did visual art and even earned a scholarship to a fine art academy. But her foster parents discouraged her from going. Still, she kept finding strength from other role models. So I didn't get that encouragement from them, so I had to get it from myself. I read about different people who encouraged me, uh, Barbara Jordan, Shirley Chisholm, Jesse Jackson, different people that I had to seek my encouragement from. Vernell looked to these role models as she navigated her time at school, too. I was basically raised in Baltimore County, Overly section. When I started going to school there, which I mean, most people know is a predominantly um, Caucasian community, so I was like the one little different apple in the borough, so to speak. When I was attending school, I was very nervous all the time because it was just one of me, you know. So I made some good friends there. Um, not many, but, you know, the ones I did meet was really nice to me. And a couple of the teachers, you know, they encouraged me to continue to be me. I think the way that I was just, like, dropped into that community in foster care was, like, gave me the idea of what I wanted to do. When I watched the... Uh, segregation and in the marching and all that kind of stuff, I said, okay, I want to make some changes. When I get older, that's what I want to do. I want to try to find out why people feel the way they feel about a certain race, a certain culture. And so I think it was just watching those things as I was growing up that made me get into community work at the age of 17. Once I got my foot kind of on the ground, I just sort of knew what what I want for myself. So that's what I would want for other people. 
I, I just started getting a knack of how to get resources. And I learned a lot through getting this call in the mayor's office and, and finding out different things. Who's the senator for this area? Who's the congressperson for this area? Who do I get in touch with if I wanted to get involved in doing such and such thing? So connecting to people to help me start learning about certain things. And some things was instinctual. You know, I learned just by instinct. I am invested in Baltimore. I've invested in changes in Baltimore. I want I was I just want to see some changes. I want to see some stability and sustainability and and housing and, and school. I've you know, I was uh part of the NAACP, part of the ACLU because I just felt like all these people need to be together to be aware of what they need to be doing and what they should have been doing. You know, not just going to meetings and having these titles and all this stuff. You know, I say, you can go to meetings all day long if you don't do nothing. Y'all go to meetings and just to say, okay, I help this person. You helping the people that don't really need a whole lot of help. What about the ones who really need help? Y'all, you know, they're falling through the cracks and stuff. So these are the people you need to be addressing. You sitting there in the meeting saying this, saying that. What are you really doing? You know, are you out there in the trenches? Are you standing on the corners and all this stuff just like, like we're doing? It's a core group of us, and we on the corners. We marching all this stuff. I don't see y'all there. And this is what I had to let, make them aware. They weren't doing what they were called to do. Since I've been, when I was doing community activism, I've been on television a few times uh, being asked questions about a community issue. And knowing me when I was younger and coming up, I was very introverted. But when it came to doing community work and advocating for other people, I spoke up. And that was, that's where I got my strength from, is knowing I was advocating for someone who couldn't do it for themselves. Over the years, Vernell has been an advocate for all Baltimoreans. She was involved in the Bridges Not Walls program. She helped develop a community center to improve access to technology. And she was named an Open Society Institute Fellow in 1999 for her work connecting people in need to drug treatment services. And for most of her community work, Vernell wasn't getting paid. So she also worked as a nurse to make a living while she raised her family. And while she was on her nursing shifts, Vernell still found time to take creative inspiration from her patients. And I would write, be right, help us carry my little tablet and I would just write things down and put them in my pocket. <laughs> Then when I get home, I take and put them in, into the journal, to my journal. <laughs> it's just, it could be something somebody said. Um, I said, oh. And then I would write it down. And, you know, in, in my words, they might have said something. And I could express it in, in my words and say, you know, the meaning that I got from, from what that person said. There are times when somebody might have said something. I said, can I use that? You know, <laughs> so I write that line down. Vernell kept up her writing through her last job when she worked as a counselor for a program called Addicts Changing Together. She helped people leaving drug court to create treatment and recovery plans and to get access to longer-term care. And whenever people graduated from the program, Vernell would write notes of inspiration to encourage them on their next steps. Now, Vernell is turning all of the quotes and memories she's written down over the years into a book. 
always wrote notes and stuck them in my pockets. I said, I knew one day, I said, I'm going to write this, put this in the book. <laughs> so <laughs> now I'm gathering all the little quotes and things I've had. So this is what we're doing. We got certain sections in the book, gratitude, acceptance, self-worth. Brunel's collaborator on this project is her granddaughter. For now, they meet over Zoom to keep the book moving forward. We're looking like a year, maybe a year and a half before we're finished. And we're also keeping our eyes open for an editor and put it in a good format. Brunel also writes a newsletter for the Hopkins Elder Plus community she's a part of. I get a, I get a lot of feedback now, and they enjoy reading it. And the way I, I word it, they enjoy it. Because um, it, it might be, they couldn't experience, they couldn't write about the experience, they couldn't explain the experience. But when I write it, they say, oh, yeah, yeah. Beyond her skills in writing, Brunel brings a lifetime of connecting people to programs and services to this newsletter, too. All the resources I try to put in there so people can utilize them. You know, I, I did. So, hey, take advantage of these things. They're here for you. It's like I try to put myself in those participants' place. Um, okay, will they enjoy this? How can I encourage them to enjoy this? When I can write these things down, it just gives me a sense of accomplishment, a sense of engaging and socializing through the writing. Vernell has put a lot of thought towards the value of stories, the storytellers she admires, and her own purpose. Sometimes uh, stories for life experiences or lessons and guide the guidelines, guideposts. When I share the experiences in my life, I'm hoping that they help somebody when the direction they're going or where maybe my, relating to my story can help them, let them know that, okay, this person had the experience and she came through it, so maybe I can come through it too. I always try to look for like strong women like Barbara Jordan or Shirley Chisholm those two women, I like the way they talk. Their voice, just the sound of their voice, and they um, carried a lot of weight. They were strong and boisterous women. Even if I'm speaking to young people or older people, whoever, I think somebody can get get something out of all your stories that you tell, you know. Yeah, I do think of myself as a storyteller when I'm relaying those things to them, especially when I'm talking to my grandchildren, relaying certain um, aspects of my life and trying to relate it to the things that they're, they're going through. Yeah, I always told people, I said I learned to keep my ears close to the ground. So whatever I needed that I could, I, I could use you know, to better my life and experiences I knew that I would probably encounter or, or somebody else would encounter that I could pass it along. I said, that's, I think that's the purpose. Well, that's my purpose is uh, the lessons, the life lessons that I gathered is for me to pass it along to other people. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Lori's Hands Community Voices. This episode was produced by Emily Clausen, Terrence Moore, and me, Jennifer McCord. 
Special thanks again to Vernell Murray for sharing her time and stories with us. You can find out more about Lori's Hands at laurieshands.org or on social media. And we invite you to tune in again next week to meet Pam Stanbeck. We had a whole year in the, in the house, so I have like four or 500 people in my phone book. So I, I went through my phone book and I called everybody and I, some people I couldn't remember who they were and then I called and found out who they were and talked to them. So I've, I've reached out to people I hadn't talked to for years and they found out who I was and they were glad to hear from me because everybody was in the house. So everybody was glad to hear from everybody. Just that human touch, somebody reaching out to you meant a lot. Until next time, take care of each other.